it's really hard to meet new friends once you graduate college or leave high school and come to a new city. You know, you've been with the same groups of friends throughout your years and then you go to work and maybe you don't have that that work wife or you find it difficult to find that person who gets you. So I wanted to create a space where people could make new friends or gym partners or um, people that push them beyond their normal friend group. From the cubicle to the lab, the studio to the war room, climbing the corporate ladder or joining a scrappy startup, experience a day in the life of the jobs you want. This is the Experience a Day in the Life podcast. We interview professionals, entrepreneurs, and recent grads about what a day is actually like on the job, hour by hour, or as we like to call it, they're a diddle, spelled A-D-I-T-L, which stands for a day in the life. This podcast will inspire you to gain experience beyond the classroom and launch a career of your own. We're your hosts, Chris DeBeau and Matt Poe. Welcome to part one in the two-part Nurture Your Network series. In this episode, we're going to experience a day in the life hour by hour of Emily Merrill, the founder and chief networking officer at Six Degrees Society. So you can decide if this is a career you can see yourself doing. You hear us say over and over again how important networking is, and we hear you. It's nerve-wracking to put yourself out there. But if anyone can change your mind about that, it's Emily and her Six Degrees Society events. You'll learn what makes Six Degree Society so special in a second, but a lot goes into planning 200 plus events per year. Let's learn how Emily works her magic to pull it all off. Let's jump right into the day. It's 6 a.m. on a Tuesday in New York City and Emily is waking up. Emily says there's two sides to her, New York Emily and San Fran Emily. We're meeting New York Emily today, who stays at her mother's apartment in Flatiron when she's in town. You're in for a treat because apparently Emily thinks New York Emily is much more fun. Today, Emily is getting ready for a Six Degree Society event tonight, sponsored by Luna Bar. She starts her day with a soul cycle class and sets up shop at a co-working space. There, she's communicating with their virtual assistant, working on attendees, bios, and matches, finalizing event details for present and future events, crafting and responding to emails, corresponding with her New York City ambassadors, and she's also setting up for the event. And, well, of course, attending the event itself. Let's meet Emily and learn more about what Six Degrees Society is. I'm Emily Merrill, and I'm the founder and chief networking officer at Six Degrees Society. I created Six Degrees Society before job titles were even a thing. I didn't think of it as a founder thing. I didn't think of it as a coming up with the perfect title. And it's weird when you work for yourself and you have to give yourself a title. But Six Degrees Society is a female-focused networking organization, and we handpick who you meet while networking. So networking is one of the most awkward things out there, and we try to make it really easy for you by taking the guesswork out of it. And then I just want you to go into a little bit because you've heard of BNI and just like other networking chapters and groups. What separates Six Degrees Society from those groups in terms of the events that you put on and just in terms of the whole mantra of the company, I guess? For sure. So BNI and I support people who go to BNI and it's so great for so many people. 
but it's my version of hell. <laughs> it's my version of hell. If you look at networking and it's synonymous to hell, that would be B&I for me, unfortunately. I'm probably going to get sued for saying that. <laughs> but I, I really don't like networking to be transactional. I hate that feeling when someone sees where you work and they, they want something out of you immediately. And for me, I worked in the fashion industry and people would see a discount <laughs> from me they'd be like oh can I get a discount at where you work it's like you don't even know me yet you're already asking (laughs) me for things um so although BNI is really great for you know fast transactions and building those relationships I wanted to create a space where people could come from all industries you don't have to be just in finance or fashion you could be a side hustler you could be a full-time hustler whatever you wanted to be And find commonalities that aren't just work-related because sometimes the best relationships develop out of friendships and then they turn into something more or it just stays as a friendship. And I think for women in particular, it's really hard to meet new friends once you graduate college or leave high school and come to a new city. You know, you've been with the same groups of friends throughout your years and then you go to work and maybe you don't have that, that work wife or you find it difficult to find that person who gets you so I wanted to create a space where people could make new friends or gym partners or um, people that push them beyond their normal friend group and you've been to events before yes it's amazing I mean like we've had so many interviews Mm -hmm. on this podcast from people that I met at six degree society I've like made friends through six degree society it's been it's really really something special I've been to other networking groups and it's nothing as authentic and unique as the events that you put on. And not only are you bringing people together, but you're also adding some sort of value that people can, you know, learn from. So it's not just, it's a friendly thing, but it's also an educational thing, which I love so much. Well, I think that actually, I think learning is really hard to do on your own as an adult. Google is your best friend. I use it all the time. I'm like, how do I make butter? (laughs) Whatever it is. But what if you had someone to teach you how to make butter instead, collectively? I want to learn something new every week, but I don't want to pay 90 bucks every week to do it. How can I create something where people can teach their expertise because they want to share their knowledge with each other but it can be affordable so that's why I created the membership too where it's $40 a month and you can come to five events a month and get this value where you're bringing two guests and so you feel like you're taking your friends out which was something I really want to do more is like treat my friends make them feel special and like a baller even though they're not but there's always <laughs> wine and food and like some sort of programming that I always say that it's personal, professional, or lifestyle development. Six Degree Society has chapters all over the country in New York, LA, San Fran, Chicago, Boston, New Orleans, and Washington, DC. She treats her chapters like retail fashion brands treat their stores. She has her flagship markets. She has her tier A markets, which are consistent, but don't need multiple events per month like her flagships do. And then she has her seasonal markets. She learned the setup through her experience in the fashion industry as an events marketing assistant, which we'll get into more depth in part two of the series. Back to the day. On this particular day, Emily is spending it getting ready for a Six Degree Society event sponsored by Luna Bar. But first things first, New York Emily treats herself to a soul cycle class with a friend and runs into a bunch of friends she met while she's out. 
Perks of being a people collector is you always have a friend to catch up with. So you showered and then you got dressed. I'm interested on like a typical day. Like what are you wearing during your, like as an entrepreneur? Yeah. Because when I'm working on the podcast, on Mondays is my off day. I'm sitting there in PJs. In PJs. So I always try to treat my days like, I always say like real days. They are real days. But I try I try to think what would this be like if I was working in a corporate world? So like I usually do nine to five or nine to six mentality. Typical day I wear usually high waisted jeans that are about eleven inches rise and I'm a sneaker girl, so I'll wear like a leather a black pair of leather sneakers and Usually a leather jacket or my argent blazer. So it's like, I call it homeless chic. So I still look <laughs> I still look put together. Maybe a bold lip. Usually for the night, I'll put the bold lip on and it just dresses me up and makes me ready. And then I, I try to go to a co-working space. And so this is where, when I'm in New York, like I do not want to be in my mother's apartment. Like I love you, mom, but like it is, it is very challenging to try to get work done and concentrate when dogs are barking, breakfast is being made. It's just a different mentality. It's now 11 a.m. and Emily is walking to her spacious co-working space. Yes, the co-working space is spacious, but spacious is the name of the company, not to be confused with the adjective. They provide co-working space at restaurants that are only open for dinner all over New York City. So Emily has a convenience of a change of scenery and a place to have meetings. She gets there around 11.30 and is coordinating with her virtual assistant, Tara, on tasks that she needs to get done for the day before the event. I want to know how you found a virtual assistant, why, and then how it benefits you. Oh, my God. She's the best. I would die without her. A cold spam email from this company called Byron. And I got on the phone with a guy. We have a mutual connection. He went to college with one of my friends. Always helps. Like, if you find that one connection with someone, you're more pre-approved to move forward. And I thought I was fine. And I realized... At the end of last year, my word of the year is delegate for this year. Like if it hurts my shoulders and I start feeling stressed about it, delegate it. Like here I am spending hours putting bios together. And I had a friend that said to me, she's like, you should only be doing CEO tasks. Is this a CEO task? I was like, probably not. No, it's not. It's not. So she is actually the third assistant through this program. But then Tara has been great and she does the things that I don't want to do and shouldn't be doing. And so even for the quotes that we put on our Instagram, I have her research quotes. And so I have like a database of quotes to pull from and then I create the graphics for them. Gotcha. I used to have her create the graphics, but then I changed every graphic and I was like, okay, I'm still a control freak. But I, for me, my life, I try to batch out so much of my life. So like Instagram, I try to batch out a month in advance. So it goes live without me even thinking about it every day. So it's new now, and this is where you're making the matches. This is where the magic happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, how has the criteria for the matches changed or evolved over time? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, it has and it hasn't. I mean, I feel like I'm not as hard on myself where sometimes I'd be making matches and then I'd see someone else that you need to be matched with and be like, let me rechange all of them and switch them up. And just so you can get that match. And now I don't really do that. I'm like, yeah, you know what? This person's great. And if this person, maybe I'll call it out to you instead and be like, make sure you connect with this person as well. People have everyone's emails and 
information like they can do the extra leg work afterwards so. yeah and that's why you have that that time in the beginning to network exactly. just mingle with everybody and I could push cool. you in, into that exactly. conversation then so that's so that's nice. what's really cool and I think also um I'm of the mindset like I used to freak out when people would cancel or if someone wasn't able to make it like mm-hmm. we're not curing cancer it here happens, like it right? happens yeah. it, you know someone might have to be in a threesome or something and that sucks, but it's what it is. I also hope that you weren't focusing all of it on the person that you met because the content is just as important as the match itself. So I've had times, you know, where I've had like mediocre matches, but the content was kicked ass and vice versa. So it's, you can't always have it perfect. So can you visualize what your what it looks like so do you have all of the bios <laughs> in one doc and then you're yeah. just looking for keywords at yeah. first or what is like usually i start with the people i know my the way that i do the matches is since i told you earlier we have a 40 percent repeat i always want to prioritize my members and i try to match my members first because i know the most about them so i'll read through the new people and then be like oh this makes sense this makes sense i also want a new person to be matched with a member they can kind of like lay down the land give them the lay of the land and be like oh this is what this is how it works and this is how it happens and i've been to this amount of events before and so they feel they're not both newbies being like what the fuck is happening here (laughs) what is this thing totally so yeah that's that's huge for me and so I start there and then the people who don't submit their bios get the short end of the stick like if they don't have a bio if I can't find them on LinkedIn and I know zero information they're being matched with each other and like best of luck out there it's now 1.30 and the quote readme email goes out to all members and attendees of tonight's event, complete with the who, what, where, and when details. Also attached are two documents, the bios of every attendee and the matches spreadsheet. This way, attendees can do their homework and research on everyone who's attending to make the most out of the event. To send and manage her emails, she's used Splash and MailChimp in the past, but ultimately prefers sending emails through Gmail. Yeah, I'm like, it's just an email. I know people have been like, you need to make it prettier. I'm like, you need to shut your mouth. So <laughs> one day yeah, when exactly. I have my read me email person. So can you walk us through the steps at a high level, I guess, of, of the promotion and coordinating of any given mm. event? So it starts with your finding sponsors or does it start with the idea? I mean, it's different each time. It's different each time. It starts with the idea generally. So we'll start, find the idea. So like what, what I told you earlier, the event request, if you reach out to me for, hey, I have an idea I'd love to present, my next process or step in the process would be to give you this form. You fill out the form with all the pertinent information, and then I circle back with you with dates that are available. We'd lock down the dates. Fast forward six months, the event's coming up. I shop it around to different stores or different places or venues and say, hey, we work. Uh, We haven't done something with you in a while. We have these three great events coming up. We'd love to host one here. Your choice. Always free event tickets to your members. And then they're like, cool, we want to host this one. Sweet. Let me update. Let me add Uh, start building the page so then I'll build the event page and the event page sometimes has the info on it sometimes it's a secret location until I figure out where it's going to be hosted (laughs) 
And somehow I always figure that out. I don't know how. I honestly, I think it's because I don't get stressed. And I'm like, whatever. There's always a plan B or C or D or E. But um, I always try to introduce really cool places to our members and to our our users. I don't want it to just be like a, a random blank space. It's usually like a space that's really beautiful or Instagrammable. And then newsletter. The newsletter, Instagram stories, Facebook groups. And what's crazy for New York, knock on wood, I've stopped promoting New York events. And I've just let the let it build word of mouth and other markets I promote. I mean, my that's news- cool, though. Yeah. And our newsletter is pretty, pretty big. We're at about 21K. That's wow. Great. Yeah. Nice. So sending it out has been really fun. Um, and when people are like, oh, I didn't know you had an event. And I was like, well... I don't. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I literally put it's it literally in. everywhere. It's on my website. It's on Facebook. It's on Instagram. It's on my newsletter. Like I could text you, but I really just don't think you're worth it anymore. Like <laughs> for the Luna Bar event specifically, she worked with a Six Degree Society Chicago chapter member and friend of hers who works at Luna. She acted as the liaison between Luna's corporate communications team and Emily. The process was very collaborative and Luna had to approve everything from the panelists to the name of the event. So FYI, there's a lot of back and forth when working with a big brand like that on a sponsored event. She started pitching last October and didn't get the green light until this summer for the event to be held this October. The event was called Your Worth is Worth Negotiating. How did that connect to Luna? Mm-hmm. Did they have a say in what the whole Yes, thing yes, was? they did. Yes, they had a lot of say, so which is good. Their initiative is to lower the gender inequality gap. So yes, they I had pitched a bunch of names, but they ended up finalizing your worth is worth negotiating. <laughs> it was much better than I'm pretty cr- clever, but that was they got they got this <laughs> there one. There you go. 145, she gets a text from her Six Degree Society ambassador slash go-to caterer that she'll be on time for the event. Julia made this ridiculously yummy and gorgeous charcuterie plate for this event. When it comes to preparing food and drinks for the events, Emily learned a lesson or two that will be useful to know to save some money. So for this particular one, we had a budget, a bigger budget to play with. My rule of thumb for cheese, I used to freak out and need to get so much money worth of cheese and food and whatnot. And the rule of thumb is three cheeses is enough for an event because I usually end up walking home with half of it. Mm. And <laughs> so people aren't there for the cheese they're, or the alcohol, like they're there for the experience, but those are extra perks to have. And then for the alcohol partners, I always love doing something that you're like, oh, I've never worked with them before. I've never heard of them before. Like the so- social sparkling I don't know if you've tried yet. It's like a sake wine. And um, a lot of them come to me and will be like, oh, you have an audience. So it's a win-win type of thing. There's not always a monetary um, relationship. Ideally, there is. But sometimes it's just like, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. From 2 to 3.30, Emily dives into emails. This goes back to what she said about batching tasks. If you carve out time to dedicate specifically to emails or studying or applying to new opportunities or any specific task, the less likely you're going to be distracted and the more productive you'll be. Fast forward to 4 p.m. and Emily is heading over to Town Stages, which is where the event is being held. Can you kind of set the scene on when you first arrive? Like, what are you physically doing to get ready for this? Yeah, so it's the first time I've been in the space. So I'm not 
quite sure what the space even looks like. Oh, gorgeous. So, which is gorgeous. But I had no idea how setup was going to work. So I was like, can you give me a lay of the land? There was like a theater practice happening where our event's going to be. So like, walk me through. You have the chairs, right? Like, yeah, we we'd talked about the chair. You have the chairs, few. Okay. Um, and then like... I, I realized the name on the graphic that was behind us was spelled incorrectly. So I had to fix the graphic and re-email it and, you know, a few last minute things. And the Luna Bar team was there as well. So they were setting up their stuff. There were three people and they set up a photo booth. They set up like a, a negotiation quiz style station. So you could see what your negotiation style was. And then you, um, what did they have? They had like all the Luna Bars set up in adorable ways throughout the the venue i still am like munching on those and then julia's making town stages is an exception where they have a prep kitchen and so i was like bye julia see you in the kitchen (laughs) um you have to go make your food properly and um yeah and then we started setting up and writing out the name tags the like 70 name tags because that took a a time now it's 6 30 and the panelists arrive and get the rundown for the night. The panelists were badass females who have experiences, pieces of advice, and stories to share about negotiating. We had Alexandra of Sofa, Jody of Shoes of Prey, Beatrice of the Honey Pot Company, and Robin of Town Stages. Yeah, we just, I gave them the lay of the land, but pre event, I sent them a run of show with of the questions of rules of moderating too of like how to be a good panelist to be mindful of how how much you talk to how much you talk you're sharing the stage don't cut people off if you don't agree say um, I have a different perspective certain etiquette just to have I was Um, actually going to ask that later on but I'll go into it now how did you learn you're moderating this panel right was that something you learned over time or were you just naturally good at it? Oh, gosh. I, I think I just love asking questions. And so then someone gave me a mic at one point and <laughs> I started asking questions. So I never thought of it. I never thought anything of it until one day in 2016, a girlfriend of mine who was like not even a really good friend at that point mm-hmm. saw on Facebook that I had moderated panels and fireside chats and whatnot. And she reached out and she's like, would you have any interest in moderating an event for Ann Taylor? And I was like, what? Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> and so she's like, let me let me have you come in and I'll tell you a little bit about it. And she's like, have you ever heard of this play called Waitress? And I was like, shut up. Yes. Why? And, uh, that's my favorite play. My movie, Carrie Russell, saw the play of him on my birthday. She goes, well, do you know who Jesse Mueller is? She's the lead. Yes, I know who Jesse is. Like, go on, go on. She's like, okay, cool. So we're going to host this panel and we want you to moderate a panel. I'm still like, can't believe I did this. And I actually, I'm still here to tell the story. <laughs> faint with excitement. Tell the tale. And, um, they yeah it was jesse mueller and diana Poller who had created the created waitress and like created the experience and so i i had to moderate and i had to write all the questions and they had to get it approved by all their teams and then they dressed me and they did my hair and makeup and then it was in front of 150 people in the ann taylor store and i got nine i got my payment for that one was like nine or ten outfits from ann taylor they're like is it okay if we pay you in clothes? Like, yes, yes. I'm so <laughs> poor. Like, I can't buy clothes. So, anyways, y- you have, you have fake until you make it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 
So 7 p.m., the guests start arriving. Mm-hmm. You hug each and every one of them Thank and try you. your best to remember people's names. What are some tricks mm. that you can share to help you to remember? For me, it's very much context clues. Like, if I see you outside of an event, I'm like, and you're like, Emily, it's good to see you. And I have no idea who you are. I always say, like, remind me the last time I saw you. And you're like, uh, oh, I saw you at the Luna event. I'm like, oh, Krista, how's it going? It just helps me build that context. So for remembering people that I don't know, I I make bios of each person. So I'm seeing their faces and essentially learning something. And I try to remember like one funny little tidbit from their bio. So if you read the bio, I think that's that's important if you come to an event. That's a tip I've never heard before. The context clue? Yeah. Tell me when the last time I saw you. Yeah. Or remind me the last time I saw you. It's been a while. And then I've literally had conversations with people where I'm like, I don't I don't know who this is. Mm -hmm. And then they'll say it and it's someone else than I than I even thought it was. So Mm, that's like the less rude way of saying, I'm so sorry, I don't remember you at all. I feel like that would really help me and I'm gonna start doing it. Yeah, give it a go. Or like you hope that your friend can be your buffer and be like, have you all met yet? And then you're you're hoping Krista's like, what's your name? (laughs) Yeah, and and then it works out that way and you're like, oh, Sarah. After an hour of mingling and networking, it's time for the attendees to find their 15 minute match, including Emily. She would have way too much FOMO if she didn't give herself a match. This event only had time for one match, but depending on the programming for the night, an SDS event could have anywhere between one and three matches per event per person. Now it's 8 p.m. and the panel discussion begins. So I attended the event myself and I'm so glad I did. I mean, it was a really reflective moment and learning experience for me. It really changed my view on what negotiating meant and why it's so important to do it. I could go on and on about how amazing it was, but for the sake of time, head over to the show notes page for the series. There you'll find a full play-by-play recap post and tips on how to negotiate for yourself. But long story short, the conversation was centered around the idea that we as as women in particular just knowing our worth and feeling really confident with having these conversations with our peers about our worth with our with other people professionals in the industry and doing our research beforehand and not not just settling for the status quo but learning to ask for a little bit more and training ourselves day by day and if that's you know negotiating every little day with I'm trying to think of like your your donut man on the, the donut cart guy. Like you can practice negotiating every single day to make you feel more confident and stronger. So by the time a raise comes up or a promotion opportunity or you're interviewing for a new job, you should feel that confidence to, to put it into play. I just want to talk about one specific moment that I kind of wanted your thoughts on. When the question opened up to the floor, a member got really, really emotional and was really Mm -hmm. thankful that this discussion was happening and how candid everybody was. How was that moment for you as a person who was very obviously involved with putting on Mm. this event? I just wanted to cry myself. I was like, oh my God, this is resonating. You're hoping that people are taking nuggets of uh, vice away or it's resonating so when it's like actually resonating publicly with an a member and that the, the crowd was so supportive it wasn't like they turned to her and they're like you weirdo why are, why you, are crying? you crying yeah they were so, so awesome. yeah they were really like I've been there too and I totally feel it as well and people felt safe it validated that people could feel safe to be vulnerable The event went so well that people stuck around for an hour and a half after it ended, which 
brings us to 10.30 at night. Emily is back at her mother's apartment by 11 and crashes a half hour later. Normally, do you have, because I know after when I work a live event or live news afterwards, it's kind of hard for me to, because it's so exciting. Yeah, the adrenaline, is it hard for you to calm down? And then I'm like, I should be working. I should be doing something. And yeah. I'm so inspired. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like tracking Instagram. I'm like, how many people are using the hashtags? Like, how many people posted? How many stories? (laughs) Save, 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 save. So you just experienced a day in the life of a networking founder and entrepreneur, but how does one actually start and scale a networking events business from scratch? In part two of the Nurture Your Network series, join us as we go through Emily Merrill's career journey and experiences leading up to where she is today. Emily was obsessed with creating her own network post-graduation, so she moved to Argentina and eventually landed jobs at Ralph Lauren, Club Monaco, Tory Burch in marketing, HR, and events. As Emily put it, let's join her on her career caravan. Stay tuned. At Experience a Day in the Life, we're building an online library of content all focused on a diddle or a day in the life of different jobs and professions across the world in all different industries. So if you want to share your a diddle, you can do so at xadiddle.com slash share dash my dash a diddle. That's x-a-d-i-t-l dot com slash share dash my dash a-d-i-t-l. Thanks for listening. Head over to exadiddle.com. That's X-A-D-I-T-L.com. There you can find the show notes for this series and more A Day in the Life articles. And you can get to know us and our guests more by joining our communities on social media. Follow at Xadiddle on Instagram and on LinkedIn by searching for Krista Bow and Matt with one T Poe. If you learned something in this episode, please take some time to help our mission by leaving a positive rating and review of the show. Each week, we bring you a new interview series with guests from different jobs and different industries. In each series, we'll live a specific day in the life, hour by hour, and experience their career journey. So don't forget to subscribe.